Here's Nate Gray of the Maine Department of Marine Resources. This literal biological locomotive come tearing up the track every spring and everything follows it. And it's what it is. I mean, this is, think about it, this is four million plus animals. This is a remarkable thing. You know, as far as fisheries restoration goes and success goes, from a value-added aspect, there is no fisheries restoration program on this planet that, you know, that, that is better than this one. And if you can name one, tell me. You know, because we started with very little, and now it's really huge. NRCM staff went to the Benton Falls Dam a few weeks ago to see this biological locomotive for ourselves. And this year, five million alewives passed over the Benton Falls Dam through a fish elevator. That's what you heard in the background. And those alewives were making their way from the Atlantic Ocean to their freshwater spawning habitat in Maine's lakes. Five million alewives is a lot. I'm not kidding when I say that the Sebastocook River was glinting silver when we were there. The alewives just kept coming and coming. The volume was remarkable, especially when you remember that it wasn't always like this. Just 10 years ago, only 120,000 alewives reached their spawning habitat. So how exactly did we go from 120,000 to 5 million? You're listening to Maine's Environment with NRCM, and here's our advocacy director, Pete Didesheim. The Edwards Dam was originally built in Augusta in 1837, and there was opposition to the dam even for the years running up to when it was constructed. So 1834, there were citizens who were concerned about the impact that it would have on the river. So for 162 years until its removal in 1999, uh, fish were blocked from getting to their prime spawning habitat. And huge numbers of, of fish, 10 different species, salmon, alewives, blueback herring, shad, used to fill this river. And people reported in archives that we have found catching hundreds of salmon every year. And once the dam was built, uh, fish populations plummeted. And then, of course, in, from 1900 until really the 1970s, the river was treated as an open sewer and it was so polluted that fish were, were killed by the pollution. It had really become a damaged and inhospitable river uh, for much of the 1900s. And then with the Clean Water Act, uh, the water was starting to get cleaned up fish were starting to return, but they were still running into this brick wall, literally, uh, of this dam uh, that spanned from bank to bank in Augusta, with no fish passage that would enable them to get beyond it. So you're probably wondering how any alewives reach their spawning habitat at all. We do trap and truck for a while. We started at Edwards Dam. Trap and truck is basically you catch fish and you stick them in the truck. Drive like the Dickens to the receiving water, dump them out, return and repeat. And do it again and again, which is what we wound up doing at Edwards for, oh, geez, 11 years. We could move about, oh, maybe 120,000 fish in a season. Okay. And we handled every one of them. We looked at every one of them. We counted every one of them. Put them in a the truck, dumped them off, drove back, did it all again. And that was seven days a week for about six weeks. That was 
that's how it started. And that was about all we could get because the pump wasn't very efficient and there weren't that many fish to play with. You know, we had a very limited stock supply to work with, very, very limited in the fact that everything that was below Edwards Dam was vestigial. You know? All the, the, the big classic runs up here had all been cut off since 1837. So there was nothing, nothing for it. You know? So we caught as many as we could, stuffed them in the truck, drove like out. The general view of most people is that dams are permanent. They're permanent features on the landscape and they're not removed. And so the idea that we would be able to get this dam removed was, was beyond people's imagination. So the campaign really was about changing people's understanding of what the relative benefits are um, and cost and implications are of dams that are in rivers that block the passage of fish. Uh, NRCM was part of a coalition, it was called the Kennebec Coalition, uh, working side by side with the Atlantic Salmon Federation and Trout Unlimited to try to persuade the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, FERC, to reject a relicensing request from the dam owner here in Augusta. Their initial decision in December 1998 was a preliminary approval of, of another, I think it was a 40-year license. We filed a 7,000-page rebuttal to that with extensive detailed analysis, making the case that the environmental benefits uh, exceeded the economic value of the dam, and we won. For the first time and only time in U.S. history, we were able to uh, persuade FERC to direct the dam owner to remove the dam because the conclusion of the government was that the environmental benefits were more important than the economic benefits to that, to that company. And it's a small dam. It was only a three and a half megawatt dam, but it was blocking uh, the restoration of fish within the river. The 7,000 page rebuttal was well worth the effort. On July 1st, 1999, the dam was removed. There were a thousand people who came to watch uh, as the dam was breached. And Governor Angus King was there, and the Secretary of Interior, Bruce Babbitt, was there, along with other senior officials of the U.S. government and state government and local governments, and reporters from outlets around the planet. There were reporters here covering for papers in Europe, in Japan, in India, and it was incredible. A huge parking lot on the opposite bank of the river uh, watched as um, uh, NRCM's executive direct director, Brownie Carson, and leaders of the other organizations were part of the coalition. First, there were a number of, of great speeches about the importance of this moment in history and, and the importance of it to the river and the people who live along the river and the wildlife. And then they rang this bell, and that signaled for backhoes on the opposite bank to breach a coffer dam, and water then flowed through a breach in the dam and that was the first time since 1837 that there was free-flowing water through this dam, other than one brief period when a storm washed out part of the dam, which was then repaired. The removal of the Edwards Dam was not the final step in securing a passage for sea-run fish to get to fresh water. The Sebastogook River, which is a, which is a tributary at Waterville, uh, still had another dam on it, uh, the Fort Halifax Dam, that was blocking upstream passage. So as population of, of returning fish increased, they were then banging their heads against the next wall 
on the Sebastocook River. So NRCM worked for five years with other coalition partners to get the next dam removed in Fort Halifax. That dam was removed in 2008. Then, now we have an open system to the ocean. Okay? So what we saw was this steady rise in recruitment in the year class, uh, culminating this year at you know, 4.35 million. 2018's alewife run ultimately totaled 5 million. The fact that this was the largest in the nation has some very important and very visible consequences that we could see on the day of our visit. It's so broad-reaching. Everything from, you know, you wouldn't think of the yellow rump warbler is directly impacted by this fish species. With the increase in aquatic benthic invertebrate production, okay, suddenly, you know, this is a huge migratory corridor for warblers, you know. It was a red star that just tore upstream that way. You guys missed it by about a minute. Yep, there's bald eagle down there, just caught one. Sub-adult. No, it's just coming into adulthood. That pine tree is a very popular landing spot. Super popular. You, know? you see all these indications of the trophic cascade spreading out from here. Everything from, you know, the, the quote-unquote the megafauna apex predators like the bald eagle, the great blue heron, the osprey, okay, striped bass. We see river otter here. We see mink here. Uh, we've even seen, you know, seals here. 19 years have passed since the removal of the Edwards Dam, and it's been 10 years since the removal of the Fort Halifax Dam. The shift from then to now is a true success story. This dam removal helped open up people's thinking and uh, helped them envision rivers where some dams had been removed and they were returned to their more natural state. And as a result, uh, fisheries would benefit in those rivers. There's no one alive, really. You know, you're witnessing something that hasn't been seen at least since 1837, probably prior to that, particularly on this river. The machine turns back on again, and all you've viewed up to that point is basically you've been standing in the ashes of ecological collapse, and you can't recognize it because you didn't see it before. You know, it, it, it's what it is. I mean, it, this is... Think about it, this is four million plus animals, bald eagles and all that, you know, everything that we've talked about so far benefits from the presence of this species. You take it away and you're right back to, you know, pre-1837 ecological collapse and you don't even know it. Thank you to Nate Gray of the Maine Department of Marine Resources and his entire team for NRCM's visit to the Benton Falls Dam. And thank you for listening to our podcast, Maine's Environment with NRCM. To learn more about our work on alewife restoration and fist passage, please visit our website at www.nrcm.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play to hear the latest episodes. Thanks again, and uh, listen next time.